Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome. This is Ryan Cabrera here with the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, and I'm here in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. And as usual, we are studying the Torah portion, but today you get the bonus package, a double portion. That's right, people, a double portion. And so we are going to be studying Vayachel and Pekudei. Vayachel can be found in Exodus chapter 35, verse 1, through chapter 38, verse 20. And Pekudei, which is the last Torah portion in Exodus, so we will be finishing uh, the Torah por- uh, or the book of Exodus today, can be found in Exodus chapter 38, verse 21, through the end, which is chapter 40, verse 38. Now, uh, Vayachel means, and he assembled, and Pekudei means reckoning. So uh, lots of exciting details in these Torah portions. I say we knock it out of the park. What do you say, Pastor Nick? Absolutely. We are going to uh, have an awesome time together. Once again, the book of Exodus uh, is very important because we go from groan to glory. Glory. Some of you are groaning right now, you know, but you're coming to the glory. We're going to see the glory. So many parts of these uh, scriptures that we're going to be putting together is going to bring him glory. So let's go right out of the gate here. Question number one is actually, what would happen to anyone who violated the Sabbath? Exodus 35, 2. They would be put to death. All right. It says right here in Exodus 35, 2. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you a holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. And so once again, the Shabbat is a very, very uh, important day, and we know that uh, uh, by not keeping it, the punishment uh, was, of course, stoning. Uh, You know, if you don't keep the feast, you're actually excommunicated from the commonwealth of Israel and cast out of the camp. But if you violate the Sabbath, it's a capital punishment. So which is uh, greater in, of course, uh, following, it looks like it's going to be the Sabbath. Well, so, I think a basic question is, if at any time in history, whatever your beliefs are on the Torah and its relevance for today, that God put a, the penalty of death on anyone that broke the Sabbath and didn't keep the Sabbath, uh, I would say that it's one of the things on his his top priority list, and one of the things that I, I wouldn't mess with, you know, if, if I were in authority in any way, shape, or form um, in some, you know, religious capacity. You know, this, this is a, a powerful statement I'm going to make, and I, I'm going to bet the listeners are going to understand this. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say the Shabbat or the Sabbath was changed from Saturday to Sunday. That is absolutely from true. From Friday night to Saturday night uh, to, of course, uh, Sunday, you know, well, Saturday night to Sunday night, uh, that's the first day of the week. But nowhere in the New Testament will you ever find the Shabbat was changed. Well, And I don't want this to be... Nowhere. A, I don't want anyone to take this as a... Um in a negative connotation against the Catholic Church, but I would say that if you're a Protestant, uh, anyone within the evangelical movement, and someone were to tell you that, oh, those are Catholic holidays, or that's a, the Catholic day of worship, um, what? how would you associate that with yourself, right? I mean, how would you take that if someone were to well, give, public, give you that? Well, it's public records that the Catholicism, the, the Catholic Church, did change the Shabbat from uh, Saturday to Sunday, and they said that they had the power... To do it, so I'm not here to criticize Catholicism or the Catholics. I'm just saying that this is public records. I don't think we have the right to change the Shabbat. So we're going to move on here 
And uh, we're going to be looking at Exodus 35 and verse 5. Did God want the people to give from a willing heart? Ryan's going to read those verses. Uh, yes, he verse. did. And this is in Exodus uh, chapter 35, verse 5. It says, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. Let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. This is incredible. So uh, it's, it's going to have to be a willing heart. That's what he's looking for, a willing heart. And so what are they going to be bringing here? This is very interesting. They're going to be bringing the ark, the table of showbread, the candlestick, the incense altar, the altar of burnt offering, the hanging of the, of the court, uh, even in verse 19, the cloth of service to do service in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office. Once again, all, these, uh, all of this was actually put together to bring as an offering, and I find that uh, interesting. It is, it is interesting, and to the, to the point that uh, I think people come to churches or ministries, wherever you are in the country or in the world, and I think people may take that certain things are there for granted, the chairs, uh, the air conditioning, if there is air conditioning, right? Good the, point. The roof over the head, uh, all, all of those things. And, and here we show basically the first congregation being formed in every little detail. You're like, man, there's a lot of details there in Exodus there, and Leviticus. There is. There's a lot of details, you know. Well, every detail had to be attended to by somebody. So what was the offering for in Exodus 35, 21? It was for the building materials for the tabernacle. Ryan's going to read Exodus 35, 21. That's right. It says, And they came, every one whose heart stirred him up, and every one whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garments. You know, Ryan, I just want to say to all those that are listening that give to the Beit Tehillah community, we want to thank you personally, because we want to build a strong community and raise up the next generation. And Ryan, we are at a very critical time that we have an actual place here, almost five acres dedicated to Yahweh to teach the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. You know, Ryan, uh, last night on, on Monday night, we had a, a guest come off the street because they saw the sign. They wanted to learn their Hebrew roots. Came right into the Bible study, I introduced myself and shook their hand. But I want to, once again, just, just welcome uh, all of you, even in the Brandon area, even if you're going to watch live streaming, you know, we are trying to establish a strong community. We have three buildings, you know, and uh, we have the uh, a building maintenance to, to take care of all these buildings. And so it's not easy. So the giving really uh, does help us. So just, just remember that uh, in your prayers and, of course, in your giving. We want to thank you. Once again, we did start in the living room with like four people, and look what it's grown to now. So we're going to look at the uh, the rulers. What did the rulers bring for their offerings in Exodus 35, 27, and 28? Uh, what did they bring? They brought onyx stones, stones for the ephod, uh, spice and oil uh, that was for uh, the spices and the oil for the light, uh, the anointing oil, and for sweet incense. Wow. Once again, leadership should always be the best example in bringing the best offering. Right. You know, this is the revelation that I got. You know, I, I always use the term, hey, you know, are, are you bringing your A game? You know, this saying. And so, you know, are we bringing our best? You know, we want to worship, we want to sing along, and we want to enter in. You know, are we really bringing our, our A game? And that, that's really the question we want to ask. And, and that's what it's like, you know, especially when you're on the worship team or you're singing or playing an instrument, whatever you're doing, even in my teachings, I want to give my best uh, offering as a teaching that I can give. 
And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Exodus 35, 29. What kind of offering did the children of Israel bring the Lord? Here's what it says. It says, The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And I got a little translation note there on the word willing, and it's a free will offering. Uh, and so I think I understood what it meant when it said willing. I understand it even more when it says free will, that this is coming uh, not coerced, that this is not something that people were forced to do. This was not a tax of uh, any kind, but this was an offering that people were compelled to give in order to provide for the service and the building of the tabernacle. Now we're going to be looking at, of course, uh, this is what two people were called by name to help build the tabernacle. Exodus 35, 30, and then, of course, verse 34. You know, if nothing else, these two names... Basilio, the son of Uri, yep. the son of Hur of Judah, and Aholiab, the son of Ahissamach of the tribe of Dan. I was getting to that. I know, Exodus 35, <laughs> 30, and 34. You want to read those verses? Uh, sure, I can do that. So uh, it's... Uh, two great people. Yeah, they, they are. Well, I mean, how cool to have your name in Scripture just about how awesome you were at building stuff for the tabernacle. I think that's that was pretty cool. And so uh, verse 30 here in chapter 35 says, And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And then uh, then in verse, uh, what was it, verse 34, it says, and, and he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan. And so those are the two verses um, that show the two names of the people. So it seems to me that Bezalel, his name means in the shadow or protection of God. Aholiab means father's tent. How incredible is that, you know? So Aholiab would be like the understudy. Uh, Bezalel would be like the superintendent of this tabernacle. You'll see him mentioned a lot. And of course, once again, his name means in the shadow or protection of God. That is incredible. Just think, this guy is being protected by God to build something for God. Wow, that's awesome. Ryan, that's something for us. We want to build something for God. Amen? We want to build something for God, and, and we need His protection. As we are being restored and as we are being regathered, the Father will protect us. And then, of course, uh, if you could read verse 35 of Exodus 35. 35, 35. Uh, here we go. Them hath He filled with wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver and of cunning workmen, and of the embroiderer in blue and in purple and in scarlet and in fine linen and of the weaver, even of them that do any work and of those that devise cunning work. So that's the conclusion of chapter 35 and, and, and we're going to get into 36 now. Uh, but before we do that, let's go ahead and uh, read uh, Exodus 36 verses 1 and 2. All right. Then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even every one whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. See, once again, notice there's more than just Bezalel and Aholiab. This is a group of people, okay? This is teamwork. These are men called together, you know, and that's what I would say to the men of Beit Tehillah, you know, God loves you, you're good enough, you're the priest of the home, stand up and, and, and take your position. It's going to take all of us, amen. Yeshua chose 12 disciples, amen, and he, and he only lost one. 
So I think the men at Bait to Heal have an awesome opportunity ahead of them. And I want to thank the men personally for, for stepping up. But once again, this is about teamwork. This is about a group of people, not about being independent, but interdependent, you know, the body parts, the members, you know. And so once again, everyone has a stake. Everyone should take ownership of this. And so, you know, it got to be really incredible because in Exodus 36, 6 and 7, uh, here's a great question. Did Moses give a commandment to all the people not to bring any more materials to build the tabernacle because they had received all they needed? Yes, he did. They had gotten everything that they needed. I mean, that's incredible. So the Father's going to give us everything we need. Think about this, Ryan. The Father's going to give us everything we need to be fully restored and fully gathered. So if we need to pray Scripture, we should pray Exodus 36, 6 and 7? Is that what you're saying? Because He is going to be providing for us, Amen. absolutely. You know, And that's, that's the joy that I have. You know, We become so independent of God, and we have an idea of God and different things, and I'm going to do this for God and that for God, but we need His power. We need His doing power to pull this off. You know, yeah. We need to know that we are helpless. Uh, without Him, we can do nothing. And so, of course, uh, we get into Exodus 36, 20, what was made after the curtains and the coverings. Uh, that's going to be boards of shittim wood uh, with the tabernacle, or for the tabernacle. Very good. And what was made to go under the boards in Exodus 36, 24? It says 40 sockets of silver. Wow, 40 sockets of silver. Silver is redemption. It's a socket, so it's like a foundation. So our foundation is in, is in redemption, what the, what the Redeemer has, of course, done for us. Let's begin to uh, move on here. Let's look at this. Uh, what two people, of course, were called by name to help build the tabernacle? Uh, that's question six, right? Wait, wait. Oh, you're jumping around uh, on me. Oh, with you know, what were the boards no, and the no, bars overlaid? No. There we go. We already did that one. Yeah, we're, we're good on this. I got to move down my paper here. With what were the boards and the bars overlaid? Exodus thirty-six, thirty-four. Sorry, it's gold. Gold, and once again, Basil and uh, Aholiab, they were just tearing it up, just doing some great, great craftsmen and carpenters and stuff. So uh, let's begin to look at some uh, more uh, parts of the tabernacle. And, and Ryan's going to read Exodus 36, 35. Here we go. And he made a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen with cherubims, made he it of cunning work. Now, this is where it gets to be very interesting. Cherubims is plural. Cherub is singular. These are the guardians of God, okay? These are the guardians of God, and there's three uh, places where we can find uh, cherubims in the tabernacle. There's three places. Uh, one is above the mercy seat. There's two there. Uh, number two, the veil before the Holy of Holies has cherubim on it. And lastly, the covering of the tabernacle uh, actually had cherubims on it that would cover uh, this compartment of the, uh, of course, the inner court in the Holy of Holies. And Ryan, this is interesting, and, and, and just a little footnote here for those of you that are listening, uh, how many of you really have gotten into Ezekiel's uh, temple? Uh, in Ezekiel's temple, you're going to find uh, two things that make up the decor, which is very, very interesting uh, on the walls. And within uh, Ezekiel's uh, temple, you're going to see something. Palm trees and cherubim. Mm. So Ryan, this is why we live in Florida, because God is here, because palm trees and Amen. cherubim. I'm not making this up, people. Go read your Bible. Read about Ezekiel's temple. There's palm trees and cherubim. You know where you can also find in palm the decor. trees? In the land of Israel. Th this is a much better uh, example, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, 
it's a much, much better example. Let's look at this. So how many pillars were before the most holy? Uh, this is this is uh, going to be four pillars. Right, four before, before the, the most holy, holy place. That's right. right. So we got that little mixed up last the time. The Kodesh we, Kodeshim. We got it worked out, though. We're, we? We're learning. Yeah, we did. And so how many pillars were before the holy place where the lampstand stood? This is five pillars. So you have the outer court, which is the altar of burnt offering and the labor. And as you look at this curtain and this tabernacle, you're going to see that there were five pillars uh, before the menorah, table of showbread, and altar of incense to go into that room. Okay, got it. We're going to be looking at, now I'm just going to list this off for the sake of time. We have here, uh, number in order, all those things that Bezalel made for the tabernacle. Number in order, all those things that Bezalel made for the tabernacle. My reference is, once again, Exodus 37.1. We're in Exodus 37, all the way through chapter 38, verse 22. I'm going to list them here, and then we're going to move on here. Number one was the ark. Number two was the mercy seat. Number three was the table of showbread. Number four, all vessels. Number five, the lampstand. Number six, incense altar. Number seven, holy anointing oil. Number eight, the altar. And then, of course, uh, number nine is the laver. The laver. So I'm going to have Ryan, because we're already getting into some incredible things here. We're going to jump right into uh, read some verses in chapter 38. I'm going to have Ryan read uh, Exodus 38 in verse 1. All right, so chapter 38, verse 1. Before I do that, I just wanted to say that I thought it was pretty cool that the order uh, that he built these things in is from the inside out. Good point. That's right. And so that, that's good. That is a point. That's what he's doing to us right now. Exactly. He's going on the inside of us and just roto rooter. Correctly. And you said uh, chapter 38, verse 1. That's and, correct. And here we go. And he made the altar of burnt offering of Sheatim wood. Five cubits was the length thereof, and five cubits the breadth thereof. It was four square and three cubits the height thereof. So here we have the altar of burnt offering giving us a description of that as well. And uh, who made this? Uh, this is going to be Bezalel, right? Bezalel. Yeah. And now let's begin to look at this uh, piece of uh, furniture in the uh, in the tabernacle. What was collected from the women to help make the laver? Uh, the laver was Exodus 38.8. Yep, it's going to be made from the looking glasses of the women. So I let's guess... go ahead and read that. Read, read Exodus 38.8 in regard to the looking glasses. All right, let's go. And he made the laver of brass and the foot of it of brass of the looking glasses of the women, assembling which assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And these looking glasses is obviously the mirrors, but these you are know the washing of the water of the brass. word. You know this is why we need Bible revival because we don't even know what we're supposed to look like, Ryan. We just think you know what are we supposed to look like? You know I'm going to have Ryan read uh, if he doesn't mind. Uh, Exodus 38 and verse 21. I have a little footnote here I'd like to share with all of you on this one. You know, I don't mind at all. I love reading. Let's, let's read. Let's do it. This is the sum of the tabernacle, even of the tabernacle of testimony, as it was counted according to the commandment of Moses for the service of the Levites by the hand of Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest. Oh, once again, how many people are involved? We have so many people involved at Beit Tehillah. It's unbelievable. Now, Ithamar, he was the youngest son of Aaron the high priest responsible for recording uh, an inventory to ensure that the constructed tabernacle and its contents conform to the vision given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai. Once again, the youngest son of Aaron responsible for recording an inventory 
to ensure that the constructed tabernacle and its contents conform to the vision given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai. Once again, the youngest son of Aaron, Ithamar, is in the plan. Are you in the stages? But do the details the really matter? Do the details really matter? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that, Ryan. I just rest I mean, assured we are going to get into that. I just don't. I feel like you know whatever the spirit leads, you build that, don't you think? You know that's not the pattern. Then you, you know that's just not the pattern. He, just, he's gonna give us the pattern here because right now we're gonna go into Pekude reckonings Exodus thirty eight twenty one through forty thirty eight. And so what we'd like to do is, um, let's go ahead and uh, read Exodus 38, verse 23, Ryan. And with him was Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and a cunning workman, and an embroiderer in blue and in purple and in scarlet and fine linen. Check this out, the tapestry. The tapestry. You know, the, uh, the priest that was uh, stationed with Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin... Uh, actually was in charge of the tapestry. So when the tapestry would move, Ephraim, uh, of course Manasseh and Benjamin, would move with it. So once again, we have this tapestry, you know. Uh, We're going to look at uh, what three precious metals were used in the construction of the tabernacle, Exodus 38, 24, 25, and 29. What are those three metals? It's going to be gold, silver, and brass. Gold, gold, silver, silver, and, and brass. brass. Isn't that interesting? Just like the three classes of people. You have the poor, the middle class, and the rich. And as we get into the book of Leviticus, my favorite book, by the way, in case if you don't have heard that or know that, but it is my favorite book. We're going to be talking about the sacrifices, how, the, how it's relevant for today, how it's relevant in your life and in the life of Yeshua, our ultimate uh, sacrifice once and for all. So gold, silver, and brass. Once again, three is divine. It is of the Lord. And uh, that's very interesting. Gold, silver, and brass. Exodus 38, 26. How many people gave a half shekel who were 20 years old and upward? Uh, here's the verse. It says, Abeka, for every man that is a half sh- a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary, for every one that went to be numbered from 20 years old and upward, for 600,000 and 3,550 men. So that's 603,550. That's a lot. I mean, it's it's a few. It's... All right, let's look at the uh, Exodus 39.1. Who had the priestly garments made first, Aaron or his sons? This is going to be Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Aaron. And we're, of course, in Exodus 39. Just one more chapter to go. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Ryan read in regard to the breastplate, uh, Exodus 39, verse 8. 39, verse 8, and it says, And he made the breastplate of cunning work like the work of the ephod of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twine linen. You want me to keep going there? That's good. That's good. Okay. And then we're going to look at some other things in regard to this. Um <clears throat> Uh, Exodus 39:10 How many rows of stones were on the breastplate? Uh, it says and they set it they set in it four rows of stones. The first row was a sardius, a topaz and a carbuncle. This was the first row. So it's going to be um, three stones across and four row, uh, stones down. And so how many stones were in each row? 3 in each row. Very good. Very very good. Let's look at Exodus 39, 14. Ryan's going to read that. Here it goes. It says, And the stones were according to the names of the children of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, 
every one with his name according to the 12 tribes. Wow. Have you guys ever heard of the expression or the, uh, the part of our culture, what's your birthstone? I have heard that. You know, you know what else? You know, what's, I, what's your birthstone? I think I was listening to uh, Yishai Fleischer's podcast on the Land of Israel Network the other day, and he was, they were talking about uh, the, the 12 stones on the ephod, and they're like, well, this guy, this high priest, he doesn't just represent uh, the people there. He represents the whole world, because if he's going to be the mediator to God in the, the temple setup, then why is it that the 12 tribes are on his chest? Why is it you know, not some other representation of the world? Six, yeah. six on each shoulder pad, too. That's right. And, six and, on the left, and, six on the right. Exactly. Right. On, onyx on, on your shoulders, he, he's carrying the tribes. And, and, of course, it's over his heart as well. Very interesting. Uh, let's move on here. We have, of course, uh, what two things could be found on the hem of the robe of the high priest? Exodus 39 26. Number one was a bell, and number two was a pomegranate. And so it was basically uh, just uh, in order. So bell, pomegranate, alternating around the, the, the rim of his, his garment. Very good. And so in regard to the high priest, what was engraved upon the holy crown of pure gold to go across his forehead, Exodus 39, 30. It said, uh, holiness to the Lord. And in my King James, it says all caps. So you're actually supposed to yell it, but for the sake of uh, audio quality, I'm not going to yell it. Wow. Uh, we're looking at, um, let's see here. <laughs> let's look at Exodus 39, 43. You just brushed past my jokes sometimes. I, I hurts saw my, that. It hurts I my feelings that. a little bit. You know what? We're not going to scream. <laughs> you know, you know, the, what is it, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Something what like did that. Moses do for the children of Israel when they made and brought the tabernacle furnishings to him? He blessed them, and that's in Exodus. Uh, oh, yeah, he blessed them. So we've done... Uh, Exodus chapter 35, 36, 37, and 38, and 39. Now we're going to finish it up with a great climax here in Exodus chapter 40, uh, verse 2. Uh, it says, when the, was the tabernacle commanded by the Lord to be set up? Uh, on the first day of the first month. So that would be Nisan or Abib 1. It's going to be a biblical new year. A biblical new year. Not a, a civil new, new year. year. And I'm going to bring this up more than once, but did you know that Charlton Heston played Moses? Yes. And did you know that when he passed away, it was a biblical new year? Ooh. He died on the first day of a biblical new year. So that that is something to think about. And so March 17th, we're going to be having a biblical new year. Now, we know in a lot of Christian circles... And, and among even many denominations, we have this thing called sensationalism, hype, name it, claim it, this prosperity message that's been totally, totally hijacked. But I want to assure all of you listening to this podcast, the Father has something special for us in this biblical new year. Rest assured, redemption is here for us. Redemption we should be walking in. Redemption we should appreciate. So once again, I'm expecting great things for this biblical new year. So just a little thought. We'll be bringing this up once again, uh, more than just once. On the first day of the first month is when this tabernacle was commanded by the Lord to be set up, Exodus 40, verse 2. So let's keep uh, looking here. Uh, I'm going to have Ryan read uh, Exodus chapter 40 and verse 4. This really stood out to me. Exodus 40, verse 4. It says, And thou shalt bring in the tabernacle and set in order the things that are to be set in order upon it. And thou shalt bring in the candlestick and the light, and light the lamps thereof. Now, 
This is what stands out to me, Ryan. I mean, this really just jumped out to me. This is about order. Set in order the things that are to be set in order. Wait, so now we have to have all these details and we have to but do this it in order? Though, Ryan, here's the thing that really jumped in my spirit. These are items, mm. but God is going to be setting up people. Mm. We as a people have to have order. There has to be order. See, the definition of order is the accurate arrangement of things. And what sparked in my spirit as we were beginning to do this podcast before you came in here, the, the, the Father was telling me that the people are in disorder. Mm-hmm. They're not at the right place at the right time. They're wandering still when they need, to be, they need to be coming together. We need to be coming together. This is not about compromising truth. This is not about compromising the vision. This is about order, the accurate arrangement of things. Right now, if you're listening to this, are you where you need to be? You know, even in Romans, Paul says he puts the members where he wants. When people tell me, oh, well, I don't go to church. Well, you better find one. You better find your place in the body of Christ. Because I'm telling you now, Cain was a wanderer, okay? You're not a wanderer. We're not wandering anymore. We are coming together as the body of Christ, as part of the whole house of Israel. Come on, somebody. Come I'm sorry, on. but that is exciting. Let's, let's begin to look at some other things here. Uh, what did they do with the anointing oil in Exodus 49? Uh, they anointed the tabernacle. And all the vessels. And all the vessels. Very good. And so uh, Exodus 40, verse 12, what did they do first with Aaron and his sons at the door of the tabernacle? They washed them with water. They washed them with water. See that? Sanctification. That's right. Uh, Exodus 40, verse 15, was the anointing of Aaron and his sons to allow them an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Yes, yes, it was. The Kohens, the Kohenim. Kohenim. And what did Moses place inside the ark? Exodus 40, verse 20. The testimony, which is... The testimony the inside the ark. You know, I've, I've heard it said, Torah is the mind of God. And people say that's been done away with. Oh. That's dangerous. Torah is the mind of God. He changes not. What parts of the body did Moses, Aaron, and his sons wash after putting water in the laver? His ha- uh, their hands and their feet. Their hands and their feet. What are you doing with your hands? Where are your feet taking you? That's Exodus right. 40, verse 31. I love this one. Exodus 40, 33. Who finished the work of setting up the tabernacle? Moshe. Moshe did. Remember this, everybody. Whoever gets the vision has to work the hardest. Amen. Whoever the gets a vision, they have to work the hardest. And uh, we've just got a lot at stake here. Amen. And so we're, we're going to conclude with the closing of this chapter. It's going to be incredible, folks. What filled the tabernacle in Exodus 40, 34? The glory. The glory, the glory of God. of the Lord. That's Amen. Right. See, we don't need signs and wonders. We want His glory. No, we need the glory. That's what That's we want. That's right. We want His glory. Glory means we're honest. We're open. Amen. And, um, of course, we're going to look at, uh, in, in conclusion here, uh, Exodus 40, 38. Ryan's going to read this uh, in, in the conclusion of this Torah portion. Uh, and this is good stuff. It says, For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, and in the sight of all the children of Israel throughout all their journeys. What an awesome And way you know, what do we do, Ryan, finish? when we finish the Torah portion? And we finish that book. Uh, we, we, we finish say the, the book of Exodus. We say the blessing. We're going to say it. it. It's actually, uh, I'll say it first, and then you can repeat it with me, everyone. Uh, it's actually Hazak, Hazak, Venish Hazik. It is be strong, be strong, 
and may we be strengthened as we finish up the book of Exodus. So let's do it together. One, two, three. Hazak, Hazak, Venish, Hazik. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Hallelujah. Man, that's good stuff. I'll tell you what. Uh, if you guys are listening, then we just finished the book of Exodus, and you should uh, feel pretty good about yourself right now, especially if you've been coming and following along with us. Uh, going through the Torah portions is something that not a lot of people have done. Uh, there's absolutely a famine for the Word of the God, uh, Word of God out there, even in churches. And so uh, just this little step of faith that you're taking uh, in drawing near to God, God promises that He'll draw near to you. And you don't have to wait for March 17th. You can start drawing near to God right now. Uh, and so I encourage you guys to do that. If you want to reach out to us, you can uh, email us, uh, or you can email me at ryan at topraise.net. That'll come to me, and uh, you can send uh, emails that you want to get to Pastor Nick there as well, and I'll get them to him. And then uh, also, if you want to reach out to the office by phone, it's 813-654-2222. And then check us out online. If you want to live stream uh, every Saturday, uh, our Shabbat service is uh, at 11 o'clock, and you can go to our website at topraise.net. And you can live stream from there. And so we hope uh, you guys tune in. Uh, we love hearing from you. Send us some emails. Uh, uh, go ahead and chat with us on our live stream, whatever platform you're on. Uh, and Pastor Russell and the media team will get with you. And if uh, you have any questions or anything, uh, they'll get them to, to me and Pastor Nick. So uh, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.